2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter and the sixth verse. The Apostle Paul is writing here, right near the end of his ministry here on the earth, you know. And he says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Notice he says, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly. He's writing to Timothy, of course. And then he says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I want to talk to you today about finishing the race. Finishing the race. That's the title of the message, Finishing the Race. And again, Paul is writing here just before he's put to death for the cause of Christ. And he likens the Christian life. How many is glad they're Christians? Well, I'm sure I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm proud to be a Christian. How about you? It's an honor and a privilege. But he likens the Christian life to a race. He likens the Christian life to a race. And he notes that he finished, or he's about to finish, his race. You know, in light of the Olympics, has anybody been watching the Olympics at all? And I've been watching some of, the, some of it, as it as it's gone. I haven't been able to get too excited about curling yet. I, I don't know if any of you, I don't know, are there any curlers here? I, but, well, if you don't know what that is, you've missed half your life. I'm telling you, that's, you know, that's the one where they push the brooms in front of the, I still don't understand all that, but, but you know, I've been watching the skiers and the skaters, and you know, and the, like those skiers. You know, I'm so proud of those skiers, you know, the ones after they crash, you know, the ones that get up and finish anyway. Do you ever notice? I mean, I, I know sometimes they're injured and they can't, but the ones that aren't injured when they, when they crash, and some of them even they are injured, but... But there's a tenacity on the inside of them that even though they crashed, they're going to finish the race anyway. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know, I get just as excited about those people than the one that won the gold medal. You know, I mean, we're happy for the one that won the gold medal, but, you know, it takes a lot when you've, when you've crashed to get up and to get back on that course and, and to go on down and finish the course anyway. And you know what? As Christians, how many as a Christian you've ever crashed, so to speak, in your Christian walk somewhere or another? You've messed up or something's come against you or you've, you know, just, you didn't necessarily even sin. You just goofed up and messed up. Anybody besides me, you know? And you know, there's a lot of Christians just give up right there. But you know what? I'm always excited about the ones that, that get up, dust themselves off, and just go ahead and finish the race. And, uh, and that's what we all need to do is finish the race. Even though we, we may have messed up or goofed up along the way, we need to be like those guys, you know, on the Olympics, the ones that crash. They get up, they finish the race anyway. There's just something about finishing that race. 
Now we need to realize too that we're not competing against each other in this Christian race. Did you realize that? We're not competing against each other. We're not competing against each other. Unlike the Olympics where they are competing against each other, this Christian race that we run, we're not competing against each other. Uh, you know, when, when one of us crashes, everybody else ought to get around us, pick us up, help dust us off, knock the snow off, so to speak, and then encourage us to go on and finish, you see? And, and, and sad to say, a lot of times among Christians and, and churches even and things, there's competition that comes in and, and, you know, competing against one another. Look, this Christian, this Christian race in which we're in, we're... You know, we Christians, we ought to be for one another. And, and we ought to be encouraging one another, helping each other to finish the race. If, if one of us have messed up or something, you know, we, we need to encourage one another to finish the race. So talking today about finishing the race, you know, many don't finish their Christian race. Many don't. Just like a lot of them on the Olympics. When they crash, they just give up. That's it. You know, they don't get up and try to finish. And the same thing's true. You know, we read about one right here, Demas has forsaken me. Now, why did he forsake the Apostle Paul? Having loved this present world. You know, there's a lot of things that can keep us from finishing our race successfully for the Lord Jesus. And uh, one of them's noted right here that Demas loved the present world more than he loved Jesus. He loved the things of this world more than he did serving God. And uh, the Bible says in the book of 1 John that all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, these things, we need to realize these are things that can keep us from finishing our Christian race as we should. Jesus talked about the cares of this world entering in and choking us. So we need to be watchful as we run our Christian race for the Lord Jesus that we're not, you know, that we're not like Demas and, and fall in love with this world. Because it, how many of you have noticed this besides me that this world will pull at you? It, it'll pull at you. It'll, 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 it'll drain you. It'll pull at you. And so we need to be watchful that we don't end up like Demas uh, because, you know, there's a lot of things in the world that are enticing to the flesh. But, you know, as we'll see as we go, we need to keep our flesh under control and continue to live for God. Now, not only did Demas uh, not finish his race, but you know the Bible is full of people that didn't finish their race as they should. One group, there's a whole group of people that didn't finish their race as they should into the promised land, remember? How many remembers the Israelites? And God had a wonderful land flowing with milk and honey for them. And it was just a, a, what was it, a few days journey, but it took them 40 years and, and, and the bulk of them never did cross the finish line. You know, I studied that out one time to see why the Israelites, the, the group of them, didn't finish their course and get into the promised land. And, and some of the things I found as I studied them out was this, idolatry. Idolatry. You know what idolatry is? Right away we think about the golden calf, and certainly that is. But you know, any time you put anything ahead of God, that's idolatry. And any time you put anything ahead of God, it's going to hinder you in running your race for Jesus. Also, the Israelites had a partying mentality. A partying mentality. 
Now, you know there's nothing wrong with getting together and having fun. Do you understand that? But when that becomes more important to you than living for God, then that is the very thing or can be one of the very things that hinders you in your race for the Lord Jesus Christ. There was also sexual misconduct amongst the Israelites, which, which cost them. But you know something that we often overlook with the Israelites, that the thing, one of the things that kept them from crossing the finish line is they were a bunch of grumblers and complainers. They grumbled and complained. You know, uh, grumbling and complaining can be something that hinders all of us. And uh, how many's ever grumbled and complained besides me? And how many's done it recently, maybe? <laughs> and then we wonder sometimes why we're not successfully running our race for Jesus. You know something that I've been doing recently that's helped me in my grumbling from grumbling and complaining is, you know, we can go into the Bible and find a whole lot of people who had it a whole lot worse than we've ever had it. And th those people picked themselves up, dusted themselves off, and they went on for God. And you know what? It, it, you know, it, it always, when I do that, it keeps me from grumbling and complaining. You know, the Apostle Paul, we know he finished his race. He said, whatever condition, whatever state I'm in, whether it was good or bad, whether he had a, a lot or a little, he said that he learned to be content. You know, contentment is something that we all need to learn. We need to learn to be content. And I tell you what, it's a necessary ingredient for crossing the finish line successfully for the Lord Jesus. You know, I look at Solomon. How many's ever heard of King Solomon, you know, and, and the wisest man? And certainly he was and all of that. But if you really study his life out, he didn't wind up so good. You know, he had some bad relationships. He had a whole bunch of wives and, and, and mistresses. And you know that never was the will of God. You can see that. Just study. Look at, look at the Garden of Eden. How many wives did God make for Adam? Just one. And you look in the New Testament and you see the ministers to be the husband of one wife. And all of that you see. You know, multiple wives and all that is not the will of God. I have one and it's a full-time job just, you know, <laughs> being married to her. Actually, it's a full-time job for her being married to me. Huh? I better watch it or we won't make 70 years like Paul and Ruth. <laughs> but Solomon had bad relationships. And, and true, at the very end, when Ecclesi the book of Ecclesiastes and all of that, he probably repented. I, I think that he did. But nonetheless, those bad relationships hindered him and drew him off of his course. You know, as I study the Bible, I see other people were hindered by greed greed there's a man named Gehazi who was a servant of Elisha and greed kept him from finishing his course successfully for God Judas how many remembers Judas who betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver you see uh, greed is what uh, hindered him Ananias and Sapphira much we could say about them but we could certainly say falling dead in church is not finishing your course successfully and money and hypocrisy and greed lay at the root of why they didn't finish their course, you see. The Bible says the love of money, not money, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 
And because of money and the love of it, not money, but the love of it, some have strayed from the faith in their greediness. We have to be watchful about things and money. Nothing wrong with having money, but it's wrong when money has you. You see, and it it can cause you to stray off uh, from your course that you're running for Jesus. Did you know it was the love of money, if you will, that kept the rich young ruler? How many remembers the rich young ruler that Jesus actually called him? He said, he said, go sell what you have, give to the poor, take up your cross and follow me. The Bible said he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. I like to say it this way, the great possessions had him. And there's a man who never started his race for the Lord Jesus. So we have to be careful and watchful about things and, and, and money and not letting those things get a hold of us. I also, as I've studied the Bible, just talking about finishing the race here today, I've noticed that, like for example, King Uzziah, he, he was a king, but he wanted to be a priest. You know, he, 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 he got out of his calling. And when he got out of his calling, it led to no good. And he wound up with leprosy and he was cut off from the house of God. You know, we just need to find out from God what it is we're supposed to be and just be the best that that we can be. Can anybody say amen to that? You need to stay inside what God wants you to do. I've noticed just outright disobedience to God. Uh, Diane and I, my wife and I, we spoke about this just the other day, about people over the many years that, that, that we have observed that, that are, are not serving God anymore. They're not walking with the Lord anymore. And, and we've, we thought back to things that these people have said over the many years, years gone by. No, nobody here today, but years gone by that, you know, well, the Lord, we remember that, that they, they said, well, the Lord told them to do such and such. And, and, but you know what? They never did the thing the Lord told them to do And now they're not even serving God today. You know, disobedience can cost us. We need to do what God tells us to do. We need to stick with it, you see. There's another another thing that that I noticed that causes people to not finish their race. It's hardship. Did you know serving God is not all glorious? There's a lot of gloriousness to it, but it's not all glorious. Most of it isn't glorious. Because when you start walking for Jesus and living for Him, you've got the world coming against you. You've got the devil out there fighting against you. And there's hardship. Remember Mark who went on the first missionary journey with Paul and Barnabas? How how many remembers that? And remember the Bible says that he departed from them because of the work. It It was hard. It was hardship, you know. And he, and, he, and he got away from his walk. He got away from his race. He, 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 just, he just quit. But you know, and, and Jesus said, there are those who hear the word of God, immediately receive it with gladness. That means they get a good jump start. But then because of tribulation or persecution or hardship that comes along the way, they only endure for a time and then they quit. But you know, the Bible says we're supposed to endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, if you're going to finish your race for God, you're going to have to be able to endure hardness. There's going to be some hard times come along when you start serving God. It's not all going to be a bed of roses. But you see, when those hard times hit and you're tempted to quit, that's when you need to kick into overdrive and go ahead and finish your race for the Lord Jesus Christ. Has anybody wanted to ever quit besides me? Well, I tell you what, I think we've all thought about it at one time or another. 
I don't mean walking away from Jesus and, and rejecting him. I just, I'm talking about just, you know, serving him is just too tough. But you know what? We need to stick with it. We need to stick with it. We need to continue on our walk with the Lord Jesus and endure hardship. You, are you out there today? You know, it's good, Mark, he repented. He, 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 now he didn't, I don't see where Mark walked away from Jesus at all, but he walked away from what Jesus had wanted him to do. I'm not talking about walking away from Jesus. I'm talking about walking away from what Jesus wants you to do. How many of you know Jonah, he walked away from what God wanted him to do, didn't he? And he wound up in the belly of the fish, but he repented, didn't he? And he ultimately fulfilled what God wanted him to do. He went to Nineveh and preached. Mark, he walked away from Paul and Barnabas, but he thought better of it. And he re repented, and we know that he did, because later Paul said, bring Mark because he's useful to me for ministry. Maybe you're here today and you've kind of gotten out of the race. Maybe it's been tough. Maybe it's been hard. Maybe you've, you haven't walked away from Jesus, but you've, you've stepped aside. You've pulled off onto the sidelines. I want to encourage you. Hey, Jonah got back to it and he finished his race. Mark got back to it. He finished his race. You can get back to it and finish your race. There's a man called Abraham. You ever, ever, ever hear of Abraham? You know, he went, he, he went and he did exactly what God wanted him to do. And the Bible says he was right in the place God wanted him to be. But by easy stages, by easy stages. See, there's some people get off of their race for God. They just quit. They just throw in the towel and quit. But a lot of people don't get, they don't just quit. They don't just throw in the towel. But by easy stages, they drift away from the course. Have you ever drifted away from the course that God wanted you on? And you know, uh, Abraham wound up down in Egypt. And it was tough down there. There was a famine down there. But you know what? He got back to the place that God wanted him to, to be. And he rededicated his life to God. And he finished the race that God had for him. And now today we call him the father of faith. He made some mistakes along the way. But thank God he repented. God received that repentance. And now we call him the father of faith. So there's a lot of people who quit. And they didn't finish their race. There's other people who got off course. But they got back on and did finish successfully and it's good to know that uh, God's for us and not against us amen now having said that let's go back and look at the apostle Paul and just point out a few things that he did that caused him to finish his race successfully now we already noted in 2nd Timothy 4 7 in 2nd Timothy 4 7 he said I fought a good fight so from that, we can conclude that Paul was a fighter, was a fighter. Now, by that, I do not mean that he fought his fellow brethren, but he was one that was going to fight the kingdom of darkness. And no matter what the devil threw in his path, he was going to stand against it. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to finish your course for Jesus successfully, you're going to need to be a fighter. You're going to have to have some tenacity about you. You're going to have to be determined. You're going to have to have some ambition that no matter what the devil throws my way, no matter what he throws in my path, I'm going to come against it in the name of the Lord Jesus and I'm going to overcome. You, that's, that's the first thing you're going to have to do. The next thing that we noted is that Paul kept the faith. He kept the faith. He, he stayed true to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the second thing I would tell you to do first, be a fighter. 
And second, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Don't stray away from the Word of God. Stay, stay in the Word of God. Refuse to quit. Paul was not a quitter. He was not a quitter. Even though things got tough for him at times, you can read about the perils of Paul. And, and he went through some tough stuff. He got beat up a lot. He, I mean, there was times he didn't have food. There's some times they, you know, they, they just persecute him, persecuted him relentlessly. But you know what? He wasn't a quitter. Even through tough times, he never quit. One thing I noticed about Paul, he was someone who shook things off. He shook things off. You know, some of us here today, we need to shake some things off. I said we just need to shake some things off. You know, Paul, he got, they stoned him. You know what that means? They stoned him to the point that they thought he was dead. They drug him out of the city. And, but thank God he had some disciples and some people, some good Christian people surrounded about him. No doubt they prayed for him. And you know what? If there was ever a time to quit, that would have been it. But you know what? Paul didn't quit after he was stoned. He got back up. He shook it off, bless God, and he continued on with the work of God. There was another time that Paul got bit by a poisonous snake. Anybody remembers the time he got bit by that poisonous snake? And what does the Bible say? He shook it off. Real loud say, shake it off. Yeah, one more time. Shake it off. Yeah, he shook it off into the fire and he continued on with the work and the plan of God. See, if you want to be somebody that's going to finish your race for God, you have to be somebody that is going to shake things off. Get over things. You know, there's some people, they're still upset and bound up by what somebody said about them 20 years ago. You know, we need to get over some things. We need to shake some things off. Did you hear me? And, and, and unless you're going to be a person that's going to shake some things off, you're never going to be able to run your race for God the way He wants you to run it. So be a fighter. Be someone that holds on to the Word of God and keeps the faith. Refuse to quit. And when the devil comes against us and, and bites us even, what we need to do is like, be like Paul. Just shake it off and go on in the power of the Holy Spirit and finish our race for God. Now notice here in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, in the 24th verse, we see some other things that the Apostle Paul did that caused him to finish his race successfully for God. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know... Now look at this, 1 Corinthians 9, 24. I want to learn some things from Paul. He finished successfully. So let's learn. What, what did he do? He, he, he was a fighter. He kept the faith. He didn't quit. He shook things off. Now we're going to learn a few other things. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Then he says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And then verse 25 says, so, so, so he's going to tell us some things we need to do to run in such a way that we can finish our race successfully. Verse 25, And everyone who competes for the prize, I like the way the NIV says it, everyone who competes in the games. Well, the Olympics are on right now, the Winter Olympics. So, so this should be relevant to you. Everyone who competes for the prize Notice, is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. 
Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body, bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now right in those three verses, he told us a wealth of information that will help us to finish our race for the Lord Jesus. Now look at verse 25. And everyone who competes... For the prize is temperate, notice, temperate in all things. That word temperate means to exercise self-control or to be disciplined. You see, those Olympic athletes, what is the one thing you keep hearing again and again with all of them? How disciplined that they are. How they get up at what, like five, 5 o'clock in the morning or some earlier than that. And they, you know, have a rigorous training program. And they do that on a regular, daily, you know, week in, week out basis. See, they've disciplined their body. Uh, They've talked some about muscle memory, that they've trained their body so their muscles know how to react in certain situations. See, that comes from discipline and training. They've exercised a great amount of self-control. And you see, if we're going to finish our Christian race, we have to be the same way. We have to be temperate in all things. We have to exercise self-control in all areas. You know, it's interesting, as I studied this word temperate out in the Greek text, the Strong's Concordance brings out this. I thought it was interesting. To exercise exercise self-control in both diet and sexual conduct. You know, it's amazing. You know, the, the sexual part, we, we, we would understand. You know, that if we're going to not conduct ourselves properly in that area, it's going to cost us. It, it cost the Israelites. It's one of the reasons they were not able to enter the promised land. So we have to keep our bodies under control sexually. You understand that. You understand that. But it's interesting in diet, in diet, um, you know, the Olympic athletes, they can't eat just whatever they want, can they? I mean, you, you listen again and again, they talk about their diet. Well, you know what? We need to be careful too and watchful of our diet. Not only our natural diet, but our spiritual diet. We have to have a good spiritual diet. Jesus likened the word of God unto bread, didn't he? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we need to be temperate in what we eat, both naturally and spiritually, if we're going to finish our race successfully for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 26, Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Not with uncertainty. The NIV says, I do not run aimlessly. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. In other words, what Paul just told us in verse 26 is that he was someone who set goals for himself. Set goals for himself. Have you noticed on the Olympics they talk again and again about personal bests? That was his personal best performance so far. That was her personal best performance. You know, we need to set goals for ourselves. You know, if you are going nowhere, you are certainly bound to get there. Did you ever think about that? And again and again, I've asked people, what are your goals? What are you believing for? Well, guess what you're going to get? We all need to have goals. We all need to set goals for ourselves. 
And we shouldn't do it competitively with our fellow Christians, but personal goals for ourselves, things that God has laid on our heart to do. We need to have goals. We need to set goals. You understand that? So have some goals. If you don't have some goals, set some goals. Where would you like to be next year this time? Where would you like to be six months from now? Have some short-term goals, some mid-range goals, and some long-term goals, you see. That's what Paul said. He said, I don't just go around aimlessly. I'm not just one as, you know, he doesn't just go out and just beat the air. He, he had a strategic plan. If you study his ministry out, he, he had a strategic plan. He had fellows that would go before him and get things set up for him. He had it before he got there. He, see, he had a strategic plan. He didn't just go off in every which, which way, every different direction. He had some goals. He had a strategic plan that God gave him that, that he had for his life that he was going to follow those and then once you meet that goal then you go to the next one then you go to the next one uh, you understand and we keep pressing for the for the high mark you see and then in verse 27 he says i discipline my body there's that word discipline again and bring it into subjection lest when i've preached to others i myself should become disqualified you see paul disciplined himself especially as a minister of the gospel so he wouldn't do anything to disqualify himself you see one thing, and this, this is just something about ministers that I've observed. You know, a minister's integrity is the major requirement for ministry. Did you know that there's something more important than my teaching ability? It's integrity. My teaching ability, if, if I have any, is meaningless if you know that I'm a liar. Huh? Or if you know that I'm a womanizer. Huh? then anything I have to say is disqualified, isn't it? Right? So you see a minister, and you can look at the ministers of yesteryear that have messed up in certain areas. Once they lose their integrity, they're real, they've, really, they've disqualified themselves and people really aren't going to listen to them. Huh? Now, can a minister repent? Yes. And, and did David mess up and did he repent? Yes. David had a miserable life after he sinned, though. You understand that. The wages of sin is death. You understand that. Thank God we can repent. Don't misunderstand me. But, you know, a minister, his integrity is everything. As you study the Bible, you see uh, for a minister, there's something way more important than preaching ability. It's integrity. Being a person of your word. You understand that? Living right. And that's what Paul said. He said, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. Actually, if you really study this out, what Paul said, this is putting in my own words, but he had to take himself by the ear when his body wanted to do something that was wrong. And Have you ever had to take yourself by the ear? My my wife's taken me that way a few times. No, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm glad I've got her and the Holy Ghost to keep me straight. Amen. I love her to pieces. But you know, you've got to do that to your body sometimes. You know? How many has ever wanted to eat six six? Glazed donuts on one setting. Huh? I knew one guy, he told me he used to go to Krispy Kreme and he'd get 12 glazed donuts and a, and a half a gallon of milk. <laughs> now that's worse than anything I'd ever even think about doing. But you know, we have to keep our bodies under control. Can you say amen? Now let's go on just a few more minutes here. Go to Philippians 3. Come on, go to Philippians 3. We have to keep our bodies under control. Philippians 3.13 Brethren, 
Just a few more of these. Just hang with me a few more minutes here. Philippians 3.13, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What do we notice that he said here? First of all, he said, I haven't arrived yet. What do we see the apostles saying here? He, 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 we see a statement of humility. Real loud, say humility. 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 You know, if you want to finish your race for Jesus, you're going to have to be a person of humility. And then what did he say? He said, we must forget the past. We can't live in the past. You know, we can learn from our past, but we shouldn't live in our past. This is something I've had to learn and I'm still learning. We, we can learn from the past, but we should not live in the past. Yesterday is gone. Just think about if you got in your car to drive home today and all you were going to do is look in the rear view mirror all the way home. You wouldn't get home, would you? Probably not. If you had a rear view mirror on your shoulder and you were going to run, looking in that rear view mirror, you'd get off course. You wouldn't make it to the finish line. Let's learn from our past, but let us not live in our past. And then Paul told us to focus on our future. Focus. He said, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, I haven't got there yet. He's a humble man. He says, forget the past. You know, learn from it, but don't live in it. And then focus on the future. Now then go to Acts the 20th chapter in the 22nd verse. Acts 20, 22. Are you getting anything out of this today? This is something that we all need to hear from time to time as to how to finish our course, how to finish our race. Acts 20, 22. He says, See, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Something else you need to realize about your race with God is it is a race of faith. And He doesn't give us all the details at the starting line. He gives us a general direction and then as we obey Him, then He gives us more direction and then as we obey Him and continue to run faithfully, He gives us more direction and so on and so forth. But Paul says, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. Now there's a lot of people right there would say that couldn't be the will of God. But you know God doesn't always lead us into the bed of roses. Sometimes he leads us where there's going to be some conflict. You know, as I look back in my life, the bed of, thank God for the bed of roses, but you know what? I'm a better person today, not because of any beds of roses I've ever laid in, but I'm a better person today because of any conflict I've been able to overcome with the word of God in the name of Jesus. That would have been a time maybe most people would have quit when the Holy Spirit saying chains and tribulations await me. But you know, he didn't quit. Paul didn't quit. Look at verse 24. But none of these things move me. See, he was solid. He was determined. He was not a quitter. He wasn't distracted. You know that there were well-meaning people that tried to talk Paul out of running his race to the very end. Thank God that there's well-meaning people, but we need to know what God has told us to do, and we must not be rude to the well-meaning people, but we should not listen to the well-meaning people that are trying, and, and they're not even doing it on purpose, but, it, but, but the, you know, they'll get you off the plan of God. Be watchful of that. Be 
watchful of well-meaning people that love you, but, but you know, you're the one that's heard from God. You're the one that knows what God has for you, and you need to, to stick with that, and don't let well-meaning people talk you out of the will of God. If you study Paul out, there was good, well-meaning people that loved him that, that tried to talk him out of the, the, the will of God and get him off track. Be watchful of those, those kinds of folk. Love them, but be watchful. And then he says, notice what he says here. He says in verse 24, But none of these things move me, for I do not count my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with joy. What do we learn here? That he was not a selfish person, and uh, he wasn't just always thinking about himself. We already said he was humble. And notice he was going to maintain joy. What does the Bible say about joy? The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. So we must maintain our joy. And joy comes from uh, being in the Word of God. Stay in the Word of God. Let that joy level remain, remain high. Did you know you can have joy when you're not happy? Did you know happiness is emotion based on circumstance? But joy is a spiritual force based on the Word of God. You can have the joy of the Lord when there's no reason in the natural to be happy. Paul had a lot of reasons in the natural not to be happy when people were persecuting and coming against him, but he maintained his joy, which was his strength, and it caused him to finish his course. We'll close in Hebrews 12.1. We'll close right here. Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. We'll close right here with two verses. Hebrews 12.1. Many theologians believe, Bible scholars believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. I think that he did. I can't prove it conclusively. I believe he did. But notice verse 1. Therefore, Hebrews 12.1, Therefore we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us or gets us off course. You know... A lot of times we talk about the sins that cause us to get off course. But do you know there's things in our life that aren't necessarily sin, but they're weights, and they can hinder us in the race? Did you know that? You need to pray and seek God and see if there's any weights in your life that are not necessarily sin at all, but just weights, things that are weighting you down. Find out what those are, locate those things, and cast those things aside and you'll be able to run better for the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let us lay aside every uh, weight and the sin. Certainly the sins, but are there some weights in your life that are holding you back? And he says, lay those things aside which so easily ensnare us, and let us run with endurance or patience the race that's set before us. Remember, the race for God is not a sprint, it's a marathon. Realize, say Marathon. See, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's not the 50-yard dash. This, this race for Jesus is a long-term, long-term deal. You understand? It's, it, it's a marathon. And if we're going to run it successfully, one thing we're going to have to be is patient. You know what patient is? Patient is the ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. Because we're not going to finish, cross the finish line today, tomorrow, the next day. You know, necessarily unless Jesus comes in the rapture. But we're going to have to live our lives out and remain faithful to Him. And the only way we're going to be able to do that is to do these other things He mentioned, but also be people of patience. And then finally, He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith 
Let us always keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to finish your race for God successfully, always keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so easy to get your eyes off of Him, to look at this, to look at that, to look at this person, to look at that person, to look at what they said, look at what they did. You know, we've got to keep our eyes off of all of that, and we need to keep our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one that started us on the race, and He's going to be the one, He's the one with us all the way as we run and he's there to meet us at the finish line to say well done thou good and faithful servant but let's always keep our eyes focused on the Lord Jesus Christ you know Paul and Ruth Fonts over here they've been in this marriage for 70 years and they're finishing their race in their marriage for the Lord Jesus Something else Paul told me, I'll, I'll call attention to it here, years, years ago when he first came here, he said to me, he said, the Lord told me, now, now the Lord may not tell everybody this, but the Lord told him this back some 14 and a half, 15 years ago. He said, the Lord told me to come to this church and to stay for the duration. And here he sits here today. Now, I'm not saying that that the Lord would say that to everybody. I'm not trying to trap you into staying here forever. I sure wish you would. But you know what? That's a testimony, isn't it? And he's been here. And he's obeyed God. He's going to finish his race. And him and Ruth are believing to go up in the rapture. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be wonderful if they cheated the undertaker? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But whether they go up in the rapture or not, and I know they're believing to go in the rapture, and i got my faith set there with them, but whether they do or whether they don't, I know that there's a great reward ahead for them in heaven because they've stuck with Jesus and they've run this race side by side as husband and wife for all these years. And they're headed toward, they're coming down to home stretch. Glory to God. Amen. And their reward will be great in heaven. Well, did you get anything today? I trust you did. Stand with me if you would.